Welcome to the Lex City Church Podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Lex City, please visit LexCity.Church. Well, there you go. Happy Father's Day. We're so glad to be here. Father's Day, the day that dad's jokes are encouraged and even tolerated. So along those lines, I just found out today that I'm colorblind. The news came out of the orange. <laughs> I'd explain it to Tammy too. You'll figure it out. Hey, I wanted to start our time today, uh, not only in my relaxing little recliner, because I want to visually connect to you, really, men, what I really want to speak to your heart today. And it's simply this, to take a deep breath, relax. You're doing better than you think that you're doing. So today, on this Father's Day, I, I want to preach to you an anti-Father's Day sermon. Because have you ever noticed this, how different sermons are for Mother's Day compared to Father's Day when you think about the two of them? I was thinking about this. Mother's Day, sermons tend to go a little bit like this. Moms, you are amazing. You're like a human unicorn, right? You're special. You're beautiful. You smell like lavender, right? You deserve all of our gratitude and our thanks and our love. So please stand up so we can applaud and celebrate you and give you flowers, right? Moms, you're the best. Never change. Father's Day sermons, a little different tone, right? Dads, it tends to be a little bit like men. Come on up. Suck it up right? Quit being passive. Your spiritual wimps, right? Rise up. Your family, your country, your church, your world depends on you doing better. Be better. Be more presence, right? So here's a cup of meat. Now get better, right? You ever notice that the tone on these two are so dramatically different? And the problem is with men, when we take this, it's true, right? All the hype, and if we're honest, a little bit of the shame we tend to throw at you. The problem is there's a really short shelf life for that kind of motivation. Uh, the challenge is you, you can begin every morning having Jocko yell at you, right? Uh, pain is weakness leaving the body. Just suck it up at nine in the morning. By noon, those same little voices saying, cheeseburgers, their comfort coming back into my body, right? There's, there's like a short little shelf life of shame that doesn't really sustain over a long period of time. And men, let me just say to you, consciously or unconsciously, we've been sending a very dangerous message to you, and the message is simply this, that you're not enough. You're not enough. Gotta do more, be more, experience all these kind of things, and you're not and the challenge is that kind of messaging from our culture, and I'm as guilty as any, but sometimes even from the pulpit, has created a psyche in the hearts and the minds of men and fathers that's a little bit dangerous. Latest research simply says this, that only 39% of fathers feel like they're doing a good enough job. Compare that to 51% of mothers in their beautiful unicorn, lavender-smelling worlds, right, who are doing amazing, the challenge is there. 60% of fathers, think about this, walk around feeling like they're not enough and they're not doing a very good job. And probably most of us, I can relate to that feeling. And there have been seasons, like you feel like you're failing at every level of life as husband, father, work 
accomplisher and all these kind of things, and that gets into our psyche if we're not careful. So I want to share with you today, hopefully a word that the Lord has really laid on my heart over the last couple of weeks, and I want to share it with you, and it comes from the life of Moses, and so let me give you a big thought for this morning, all right? Big thought is this, learn to be content, but not complacent. Learn to be content, but not complacent. So that's what we're going to look today. So if you've got your Bibles, let's go to Exodus chapter 3. If you've got your phones, you can go to lexcity.info. My wife will tell you if I sit on that recliner any longer, I'll be falling asleep. And uh, it's that little butt muscle. goes right to the eyeballs. And uh, away you're gone, right? So Exodus chapter 3, the story of Moses. And many of you are probably familiar with the story of Moses. At one point, he's adopted by Pharaoh's daughter, so he has this connection in a very intimate way with the royal family that's there. About 40 years into Moses' life, he's walking through and he sees an Egyptian beating one of the Jewish slaves. And in that moment, Moses lashes out, kills the Egyptian in a moment of anger. Take that little thought, tuck it away. We're going to come back to that a little bit later. We're going to pick up our story in Exodus chapter 3 is about 40 years later. Moses is in the wilderness, probably around the age of 80, Exodus chapter 3. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, this being the Lord, and I have also seen the oppression to which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, here's the question, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Moses is already walking in a, in a mental deficit of who he was, right? 80 years of old, you think he would learn this, but he's not there. Like 60% of fathers today, Moses' first response to a challenge is what? I'm not enough. Who am I? We would look on the outside looking in at Moses and say, Moses, are you kidding me? There is nobody more qualified than you to be the redeemer that God's going to use to bring his people out of Egypt, right? Nobody more qualified. You're of Jewish descent. You have some relationship through, to the royal family. You've already been in the palace. You're seasoned in years. You're not like you're just a young guy who's starting. You have credibility. You've got some life behind you. You're mature, You've been humbled by the circumstances of life. You have literally gone from the palace to now you're out in the pastures. You are perfect for the job, would we not say? <laughs> but fathers, can we be reminded, and we probably all feel this, circumstantial realities seldom have a direct correlation to our emotional confidence. 60% of us in the honesty of our hearts would say, I don't think I'm enough. I don't think I'm doing as well as I need to be doing in the lives of my family. Even though the statistical reality of what's happening in fatherhood in my lifetime is extremely encouraging. Let me give you some of this. The amount of time dad spends dad spend with their children has over tripled in my lifetime that's here. Ladies, believe it or not, the amount of hours that fathers are now spending in household chores has doubled in my lifetime. My wife's like, is that possible? Yes, babe, it's double uh, in that time that we're going to think about that, all right? Dads, let me continue to encourage you. 52% of dads report showing more affection to their children than they received as kids. 47% of dads play with their kids more than their parents played with them. 
46% of dads read with their kids more often than they recall being read to as a child. 54% of dads say, I love you, more frequently than their parents ever said it to them. And yet, in spite of all of that encouraging statistical realities, most of us feel like we're falling a little bit short. Here's Moses. Go on in verse uh, 13, chapter 3. Then Moses said to the God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? Here's his insecurities. What shall I say to them? I don't feel equipped, right? What if I don't have the right answers? What if I don't know what to do in that certain situation? Honest feelings, but again, facts. Outside, we look at Moses and say, Mac, Moses, are you kidding me? Moses, you grew up with every advantage possible. You were well-educated. You were well-read. You had all the schooling. You know things that the average Jewish slave has never even thought of. You are extremely equipped for the task. There's no better person for you for such a time as this. And dads, we have the same kind of feeling, right? What if I don't know the answer? Can I just remind you that, dads, we have more resources to help us in fatherhood than any time in any other time in human history. Amazon alone has over 100,000 parenting titles available that could be at your doorstep tomorrow, right? So here's the challenge. The issue for us is never a lack of knowledge, if we're honest, right? It's the application of the knowledge that we have. But I just want to say to you as fathers, you have all the information right there. And here's the great part, that all 100,000 copies of whatever parenting titles are on Amazon, they are only supplemental, can I tell you, to the one source of two truth. The one book that really matters, 2 Timothy 3.16, says this, all scripture is breathed out by God. And it's profitable, here it is for us men, for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in the righteous. Verse 17, for every dad, that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. Even a two-year-old and a 13-year-old and a 16-year-old that's in your head. So in 2023, again, we don't lack information. It's the application of what we already do. Moses, though, continues on in his deficit kind of thinking. Let me just read you a couple other examples. Exodus 4.11, then Moses answered, Behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. For they will say, the Lord did not appear to me. 4.10, but Moses said to the Lord, oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to me, your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Verse 13, he just keeps going. But he said, oh, my Lord, please send someone else. Here's what I love about Moses. He was correct little bit of self-awareness, correct in the idea that he does have some shortcomings, he does have some deficits, but this is the wonderful hope, dads, I want to give you today and the message for you, and it certainly was for me, is that God knew all of Moses' weaknesses way before he ever called Moses in the burning bush. It wasn't like Moses started talking back to the burning bush and God was like, oh, Moses, you can't even put together a sentence. <laughs> My bad. I really, I've made a mistake here. I thought maybe there's a little more to you than that, right? It's the reality of this. God knew everything about Moses, and yet he was the one he called for such a time. Because there's no perfect man. There was only one, and his name was Jesus. Apart from that, we all have some deficiencies and some shortcomings. 
But the wonderful part is when we fall short, this is what I encourage you with today, guys, is that God gives us not only grace, but he gives us provision. And he makes two provisions for Moses. That'll be true for us. He says, listen, number one, I'm going to be with you. And number two, I'm going to send you a helper. Exodus 4.12, now therefore go, and I will be with you and with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. Verse 14, then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is going out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. And you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you both what? to do. Men, you're enough. And where you're not, God in his love and grace has given you a provision. Moses had Aaron. If you're married, God's given you a spouse. Like Adam in the garden, God sent a helpmate, all right? Your wife is a gift. She's a completer the places where we struggle. I, I thought about today. Today was kind of a fun, special day for me. So if you don't know, both the hosts today are, are, are my two sons. So that was a great joy for me. That means my two daughter-in-laws are actually in middle school, running middle school openings so they can be here and do this. And you know, in the, in the heart of your father, that warms your heart. Like one of the greatest joys of my life is my children. But listen, I, I'm gonna tell you, I did a lot of things well, but I also had a lot of deficiencies as a father. And the great part is where I was weak, God sent me a helpmate and my wife who is strong in some of my weaknesses in spiritual leadership, wherever that would be. So she's a woman of prayer. She's a woman of great discipline and order and things like that. And so here's the beauty, like Moses to Aaron, Aaron to Moses, right? God allowed us to create the best of our abilities, a, a holistic home front, where God was honored, and listen, I didn't do that all alone. God sent somebody to really help me in a wonderful way. And so I just want to encourage you. Listen, men, you will have shortcomings in your spiritual leadership, in your home, but God has sent provision for that. Ladies, celebrate. Here, if you hear nothing else today, celebrate where your husband is strong and come alongside in the areas where he needs help and an encouragement there. So men, the great news is this, God has not only provided you with a wonderful helpmate, but here's the other part, you're not alone in this, God has provided you with an amazing community called the local church. In a culture, think about this, in a culture that is denying and twisting truth, this is one place you can come where together we can stand on the truth of the word of God. If I had children, and when I did have children in my home, especially teens, listen, I would not miss a Sunday because this is one of the few places that will celebrate you as a parent, that will reinforce the spiritual truths and the values that you're trying to teach in your home, and it's so powerful. This is one of the few places in our culture that will value you as a parent and the authority that God has given you there. So just an encouragement is to connect in and God's provision on those two things. So here's the big threat is relax. I just want to say to you men, relax. Be content in who you are. God created you uniquely 
with some unique talents and gifts for exactly what your family needs. You're unique. Some of you, man, you are the bringer of joy in your household. You are the bringer of fun and chaos, all right? You're amazing at this. Some of you are the architect of structure. Some of you are the emotional rock. You're a man of faith. Here's what I just wanna encourage you. God has uniquely created you to meet the unique needs of your family. You're enough. Because here's the deal. Your family needs are different than my family needs. I had all boys. Some of you have all girls, and some of you have got a mix of the two. Listen, those needs are uniquely different for each one of those. You're there. The needs of your wife, the needs of your your background, the need, needs of your spiritual lineage, all of these things have had impact into those. And so I want to just remind you, it requires somebody who is uniquely who God created you to be in your home. God doesn't need somebody different in their, your home. He needs you in your home because he created you, Moses, for that moment, for that situation, and you're enough. But here's the key. That kind of fatherhood leadership in your home requires the best version of you and the best version of you only comes when you're spirit-led. Let me give you Galatians 5. Great effort. Here's what a father is, right? But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ, uh, Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires, if you live by the Spirit, here's the key, let us also keep in step with the Spirit and let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Father's reminder of this, you are enough if, if you walk by the Spirit. I say that because I don't want you to walk away today. Dads, don't hear me saying this. Well, man, it was great serving. Pastor said, listen, I need to just chill. Babe, Relax. Pastor said, sit in the lounge chair, right? Relax, just accept me who I am. I, I'm content with who I am. I don't need to work. I don't need to do anything any different. I'm just me. That's not what I had. That's not what I said to you, right? I want to encourage you. Listen, your family deserves the best version of you. And the best version of you is a spirit-led father in the home. So there's work for us to do. So I challenge you today to think in those ways. How do I become walking in step with the Spirit? But I challenge you not out of a sense of trying to manipulate you through hype or shame. I just want to say genuinely your family deserves the best version of you. And that's what's got to get you up in the morning. That's what's got to make you make choices to say yes to some things and no to others because just out of the genuineness of my heart, they deserve what God has created me to be in my home. So how do we do that? How do we become content without being complacent, right? It's both and. Let me just give you some ideas. When we walk with the Spirit, here's this idea of how we avoid being complacent. When we walk with the Spirit, we've got to die to the flesh. So one of the biggest ways is this, is we've got to be aware of the weaknesses that we have in our own character, in our own temperament, and in those weaknesses, we've got to be willing to submit those to the Lord. Because when we become complacent in our weaknesses, then we become vulnerable. Unprotected weakness, it's really, it's a father's kryptonite. So do you know your weakness? If you don't know your weakness and you're married, she'll tell you. Uh, so I'm just saying, you know, so do you know what it is? Because listen, 
if it's unprotected, it's the door, the crack in the door that you leave for the enemy to walk into your home. So know what those things are. Let's go back to Moses, right? When led by the Spirit, Moses was enough, probably one of the greatest leaders of people in human history. But when he was not walking in the Spirit, when his weakness was unprotected, it cost Moses a legacy. As amazing as he was, he didn't finish the job. It's the warning for all of us. So what was Moses' unprotected weakness? We saw it way in the back. It was impulsive anger, right? Whatever drew that, but that's how it fleshed its way out. Go back to Exodus chapter 2. One day when Moses grew up, he went out to his people and looked on their burdens, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people, and he looked this way and that, and seeing no one, here's a phrase, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand, right? He acted impulsively. Anger overtook him as a young man. Fast forward to the end of Moses' life. He's near the end of his journey. He stands outside the promised land, getting ready to take the people in, but the relentless complaining of the people, the strain of leadership over a number of years plays into his vulnerabilities, all the way to Numbers chapter 20. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels, right? You can hear the frustration. You shall bring water, uh, what, or shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, same phrase, and struck the rock with his staff twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank in their livestock. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe in me, to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given you. Probably one of the saddest verses. Um, your heart goes out for Moses because if you lead or have a family, you know those frustrations. But Moses missed out on completing the task that was given to him. Don't miss this. Not because he wasn't enough. wasn't all these insecurities that Moses had at the burning bush that caused him to miss what God had for him, God's best. It was because he became complacent with a weakness. So what's your unprotected weakness? Fathers, where's your vulnerability? Where's that place that you've got to submit to the Lord? Where do you need to lean into your wife's strengths to fulfill some of your spiritual leadership roles in your home? Big thought for today. Dads, you're enough. You're enough. I don't even need to give you a cup of, of meat to tell you that, right? You're enough. When you're led by the Spirit, you're enough. So don't compare. Don't try to be somebody else. God created you for just what your family needs. You're a dad. You're an ordinary dude. But when you're led by the Spirit, you become a hero, you become an adventurer, you become a role model, you become a spiritual mentor, and you become a father. Let's pray together. Father, today, on this Father's Day, we're just reminded that for us as men, we have to be so careful of the messages that we're receiving <laughs> 
things that we're telling ourselves because I think most of us can relate to Moses. When we look at the struggles and the challenges of raising a family and what that requires of us, it's easy to yell at the bush, I'm not, I'm not enough, I'm short here, I can't speak, I can't do this, I don't know enough. And God, today, can you just once again speak to the heart of us as dads? And remind us, even though we don't feel like it, we're enough. Not only are we enough, we're exactly who you wanted to put in this home with those children in that family. So God, today, may we just recommit to be the best version of who we are that is led by your spirit. And God, where we fall short, and we all do, where there are kinks in the armor, where there are deficits in our spiritual leadership to the level we want it to be, may we lean into your provision. Whether that be a community of faith like Lex City, whether that be our spouse, whether it be another man, a mentor. But God, may we leave today and just flip up the feet on the recliner and take a deep breath and say, I'm enough, and I'll show up every day with that confidence. We thank you for it. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Lex City Church podcast. If you would like to support ministries of Lex City, visit lexcity.church slash give. Please subscribe and follow us on social media at Lex City Church for more encouraging teachings and content.